congratulations on having your club back and up the O's. Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum. Our three-year anniversary with the bearded legend, <laughs> Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed for this stupendous welcome, as always. Welcome everybody, this is episode number 108, this is a special episode in which we're going to review the summer as it's been so far. We just wanted to say before we get going, thank you to everyone for the overwhelming amount of listens to episode 107, the Sammy Moore, Nigel Travis and Kent Teague interviews, it's just been phenomenal. Thank you very much indeed. It really does, seeing those numbers really um, you know, inspires us and... and um, makes us want to sort of carry on doing it. So thank you very much. We've been genuinely flabbergasted by the numbers we've had, and, and you know we'd reached over a thousand listens to a hundred episode one hundred and seven within a few hours, and had sort of nearly two thousand listens in twenty four hours. It's you know we were number twenty four in the iTunes sports chart, beating the likes, and this is going back a bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you're into your WWE wrestling, you'll know who that is. Also up there with TalkSport, and there were several other great podcasts, and we were trending above that. And, you know, although we don't do it for, for egotistical purposes or kudos, it is nice to know that we are, um, you know, that popular out there amongst the uh, Orient community. So thank you very much indeed. Yeah, and like Paul said, thanks for all your tweets. We've had so many since episode 107 in regards to... Uh, interviews with Martin Ling, Charlie Long, Sammy Moore, Nigel Travis uh, and Kent Teague. So thanks for all the feedback we've got and thanks to everyone who's come on the podcast so far this season and we'd love to get even more people on. So just before we start the two and a half weeks of pre-season that were, we said we'd give a shout out to at Russ144150 who's an Orient fan living all the way in Baltimore. So good evening Russ, hope you're enjoying the podcasts and up the O's. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the two and a half weeks of pre-season that have been so far. So Monday the 26th of June, um, just as a bit of a catch-up really, Oli Palmer uh, left the club at the expiration of his contract and he joined Lincoln on a two-year deal and we wish Oli all the best and thank him for his efforts at the Orient. He always gave 110%. I don't think that was ever in doubt. Yeah, sure, it did seem to divide a lot of fans, but like you said, his his work ethic yeah. can never be questioned. So all the best to Ollie Palmer and then later on in the day of Monday 26th of June at 5pm the club announced prices for the season including individual matches and season tickets so obviously me and Paul both sit in the South Stand both of our season tickets so the first thing we look for uh, are the South Stand prices so season tickets for South Stand for 279 which was a £31 decrease on the previous season yep. it's a bit of thoughts on, on season ticket yeah um, obviously don't want to moan or whinge or anything had expected them to be a little bit lower than that I thought they might come in sort of early 200s 225 around that sort of mark 240 maybe um, but yeah I mean obviously we want as many people in uh, as possible um, there are obviously other clubs in our league that I think Woking have got theirs for 100 quid but I wow. guess you get what you pay for um, <laughs> you know you know, we are a premier club in the National League so I think that season ticket price probably reflects that a bit better yeah um, your thoughts for me yeah similar to you although the under 18s prices and the concessions prices are fantastic yeah, so great. again you know I get to take my five year old daughter for the season for £9 which is incredible really yeah. it's a great way to drive more youngsters into the club so that's brilliant uh, and I like what the club are doing with the family stands they're trying to make it a family stand 
once again. So you have to go in there. I agree. With the kids, that's really good to see. And it's good to see prices for individual match days come down as well and the reintroduction of the referral scheme. So all in all, some great work by the club and we look forward to getting back into the South Stand in early August and getting back to, what is it, E40 and 39. So yeah. Get back in those comfortable seats in the South Stand. Absolutely. Uh, moving on then, Thursday the 27th of June, it was Charlie Long's birthday. So happy birthday to Charlie. Yeah, that was a Tuesday, by the way. And it then was. at 6pm, more good news, a great piece of news, a vital piece of news as the club announced another new signing, this time in the form of Matt Porter as a director on the board. So we had um, the statement ready to go. But we are very lucky. We've gone on better than that. We have gone on better than that. And this is the quality of output you're going to get from the outlook this season. We have got Matt Porter, who we spoke to just before we started recording. So massive thanks to Matt um, for coming on. So obviously Matt is now on the board of directors. So we thought we'd get him on for a quick chat about what his role will be and how he came back. So here he is, Mr. Matt Porter. So delighted to say uh, Matt Porter is back at the club and delighted to have him here live from Vegas. Um, so thank you for joining us, Matt. No problem, guys. And welcome back to the podcast. So just can you tell us how how it all came about, how you got involved with with the new with the new board and how you got back in with the club? Um, well, I've obviously known Nigel a long time um, from his uh, you know, family history at the club and he's father's position um, as a vice president um, and then Nigel was a sponsor, he used to pay for the Dunkin' Donuts family stand sponsorship out of his own money and previously with Papa John's when he worked for those. So I, I knew Nigel well and you know, we kept in contact after I left and obviously he's based in America and was, was following the games as best he could. Um, um, but you know, we had various email conversations where we shared a concern about the, the way the club was running and that conversation evolved into you know, should we try to uh, to change the ownership of the club? And uh, Nigel um, was never out to to acquire the, uh, the the ownership, you know, for ego purposes or as any great lifelong dream. He just literally wanted to get the club out of the hands of the previous regime. So, you know, that conversation really started to uh, gather pace at the back end of last year, sort of November, December, and then in January, various other um, people evolved really and, and it became a connected group and we began to have regular conversations as a group. Kent Teague came on board in March time um, he'd been introduced to Nigel by a mutual associate um, and that was handy because you know with Kent's involvement and, and Nigel's own funding um, the group then became fully funded which was obviously made, made us more of a credible proposition. So the negotiations opened and there was various times when we hoped to get the deal done you know way before the season finished you know maybe at some point even back in, in January, you know, towards the end of the January window, I remember having conversations about, you know, would we have time to bring players in to, to try and save the season? Um, once the window closed, it obviously became more difficult to do that, and the, the team sort of uh, plummeted towards relegation, really. But the, the main objective was always just to get the club back rather than to just worry about um, only, only uh, saving league status. It wasn't a question of saying, right, well, if we go out of the league, we're not interested. You know, it was always a longer term view than that. And then it dragged and dragged and dragged and, and we, we sort of had a, a few conversations about, you know, how long can we let this go on for. Um, but fortunately that, that didn't become a, an issue and we, we got it done at the end of June, as everybody knows. So Thursday, the 22nd of June, a pivotal day in the history of Leighton Orient. I think it was announced at 4.45. So Matt, what were you doing at 45 on that day? Do you want an honest answer? Yes, come on. <laughs> I pressed publish on the club's website and... <laughs> 
strings to your bow so well it's just a full, it's full circle isn't it really I suppose yeah yeah back to back to the beginning um so you're now uh, on the board of directors uh, of the club what does that actually entail what does that mean yeah so, so I'm a non-executive director which means I, I'm not operational at the club on a day-to-day basis uh, I'm, I'm helping I'm advising I'm using my experience and you know what what areas of expertise I have you know there's, there's lots of different very specific parts of a football club that don't relate to other businesses, um, things like the academy, um, you know, stuff to do with the, the stadium and safety certificate, and you know, even down as far as things like player transfers and stuff that, that can't just be transferred from from other businesses. So because I've I've had the experience of doing those sort of things, I've been able to help pass on what I can to Marshall Taylor, who's doing an outstanding job as the interim CEO. I mean, the, the mess that Marshall has inherited is astronomical, and he's. Um, he, the way his mind works and his business acumen to, to work the club through this process, honestly, you couldn't put a value on it. He's been absolutely outstanding, dealing with all sorts of uh, paperwork and legal issues and contracts and things like that that, that have come out of the, of the woodwork. So absolutely 100% credit to Marshall. Um, and he and I are, are involved in the, um, the recruitment process for a new full-time CEO now, who will be somebody who we can rely on to run the club in a sensible um, and trustworthy manner, um, because obviously the two principal fundies of the club um, are based over in America and won't be having day-to-day, um, you know, uh, executive involvement at, at, at Brisbane Road. So, so when you're looking to appoint a CEO, Matt, have you got a date that you want someone in by, or is it just a case of waiting until you get the right man? Yeah, I mean, I think that Marshall's got other business interests, and he's, he's you know, prepared to commit uh, his interim period to, to you know, two or three months. Um, obviously, we're getting towards having the, had the first month, so probably within the next two months, we'd look to have somebody, somebody in place. It's great to have you back after after three years. So, yeah. so what's the best thing for you about about being back? It just it just feels like Orient again. You know, I mean, I, I became a little bit disengaged with the club because I was finding it quite quite hard to see what was happening to it, and a lot of the things that we'd built up had been dismantled, and really good so- solid members of staff had left and not been replaced properly. So it was it was. You know, it was quite, it was really hard for me. I, you know, I didn't go to many games and, you know, I, it just felt like part of my past. But now going back there, I remember just walking, well, I took Kent around the stadium a while ago um, when he first saw it. You know, it, it just felt like, it just felt like being back. It was great. And, it, and you know, the fact that I'm not going to be there on a day-to-day basis, it, it, it's, it's not, it, it's not a, you know, a big deal for me because it, the club's back where it should be now. You know, and even though we're in the National League, that's just where we are as a football team. That's not where we are as a club and as a community asset. You know, we're, we're getting back to a point now where we can engage with the community, we can get respect, we can um, we can reach out to people who, you know, have, have always had Orient in their hearts and maybe just felt a little bit, like myself, disenfranchised from it over the last few years. And we'll, we'll, you know, we will get it back to, to where it was, which was, uh, you know, a lower league football club, which was the envy of, of, of many up and down the country. And you mentioned about sort of coming back uh, for, for games. Will you be able to get to, to, to many home and away games this season? Because obviously you're very busy. Yeah, it's, it's tough because of my 
work commitments. You know, I'm in America now. I was in China last week. I'll be in Australia and New Zealand for the vast majority of August. I actually missed, unfortunately, I missed the first seven games of the season. Um, so the first game I'll see properly. I think I'll grab a couple of friends, but the first proper game I'll see will be September. So, you know, I'm really hoping that, um, you know, we can get, we're trying to get, get move forward with a, a live stream service for fans who are overseas and things like that. So I'm, I'm just, you know, and obviously these days with social media being what it is, it's much easier to keep track when you're away. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, to walking back in, you know, probably early September and, and seeing a game. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Matt. So that was Matt Porter and a massive thank you to, uh, to Matt for making the time to speak to us all the way from Vegas. Um, so yeah. Paul, your views on Matt's return to the club? Fantastic to have someone of his calibre back. Um, really delighted to have him back on board. He should never have been uh, relinquished of his responsibilities or his duties at the beginning of the previous era. So, um, you know, like he said, you know, he, you know, he can provide a lot of good knowledge, a lot of acumen that will be really supportive for the next permanent CEO. So, yeah, he's got a lot to offer and delighted to have him back. He's a great guy. He's very knowledgeable and he's an Orient fan as well. Yeah, well said. Yeah, like we've said on Twitter and on, on the podcast, a great signing. Uh, and chuffed to see him back at the club from yeah. previously, previously speaking to Matt on the podcast. You know, he's articulate, he's intelligent, knows the club, knows the role and to assist uh, the CEO, uh, knows the community and brings, you know, a wealth of experience with him back to the club, which is what we've been missing. So delighted. So loads of views came in on Twitter off the back of Matt Porter uh, coming back to the club. We'll just mention a few, a few that we had. So starting off with at tskinner 68 who said, this is great news. Stability, if nothing else, is practically guaranteed. Come on, you O's. At James Lee underscore LOFC said, we are defo getting the Orient we all loved back. Yeah, and at Lee Gibbs 1, says a quality appointment. I'm glad Matt Porter is back. One of the biggest mistakes the clown made. Exciting times ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thursday, the 29th of June then, Chairman Nigel Travis was over from the US, meeting the staff at the club and giving interviews to various media outlets. Yeah, it was great to see Nigel on ITV, BBC, getting him on a few of the radio talk shows that go national. All good exposure for the club and mm. a good way of getting us back out there. Yeah. Also on Thursday, the club confirmed their pre-season fixture list as they follows. did, yeah. So we're recording on Thursday, uh, the 13th. So yesterday, uh, behind closed doors friendly at Tottenham Hotspur's state-of-the-art training ground uh, was held. Um, more on that later. Uh, July the 15th, so this coming Saturday, uh, we're playing away at Harlow Town. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Then on Tuesday evening at 7.45, uh, we are away at Burnham Ramblers. Uh, that's Burnham on Crouch for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, then on the 22nd of July, Saturday, we are away at Greenwich Borough. So we're going back, taking the team to uh, Gary Alexander and John Mackey's side at Greenwich Borough. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Then on the Tuesday, the 25th of July, um, we are away at Hornchurch Town. That's a 7.45 kickoff. We've got Billericay Town the following Saturday, the 29th. That's also a three o'clock kickoff at Billericay. And then our final uh, game of the season is at home to an Arsenal under 23 side on Tuesday, the 1st of August, with a 7.45 kickoff. That was very nicely rounded up by yourself there. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay, so, the hang of this podcast. <laughs> after three years, mate, you yeah. hope so. So, 
lots of uh, pre-season fixtures, lots of local fixtures, which is good, so not too far to travel to yeah. some of those, yeah. which is great. So No tour this year, unfortunately. No, next year. Next year, tour of Boston. Next year is the USA, yeah. Could you imagine? Could you, you imagine? For it. So if that wasn't enough, on Thursday, the club also announced Barry Hearn uh, would return as the honorary president of Leighton Orient. So Barry said, in keeping with the rest of Leighton Orient, I'm looking forward to it. I've always been a fan, and right now I couldn't be any happier for Orient as a club. Nigel Travis has come in with his group, and I really believe they are the right people. So he also went on to say, This is the dawn of a new era, and Matchroom Sport decided today that we are going to sponsor all the youth teams exclusively. That is a beginning of showing that the ethos of the community still burns brightly, but I also have my personal belief that this club can be built on local kids coming through our youth team in the future. So yeah. welcome back. Mr. Barry Hearn. Absolutely. Welcome back indeed. In an emotional statement on Twitter later on in the day, Michael Collins announced that he is retiring from playing football. And as it turns out today, as we record, he's ended up as the under-18 coach at Bradford City. So, um, decent move for him from what he said. Very that's what he move. wanted to, as soon as he was you know, able to, he, that's what he was looking to do. So, shame. Um he was offered a contract, he's admitted that, and it's a shame we can't keep him. But if he feels ready to move on to the next stage, good yeah. luck to him. Yep, surprised by this like you were, but obviously um, he's ready to go and take the next step in his career at Bradford City. Uh, and we wish him all the best. I'm sure he'll do very well there. Obviously he was our player of the season last season. Um, and at some point we'd like to get him on. Just tell him how grateful we were for his contribution and... and see if anyone wants to ask him any questions so well done to Michael Collins and best of luck in the future absolutely um, I was a bit surprised as well but um, obviously you know I, I wrote before, um, this before his interview today uh, or the announcement today but I thought maybe he had health issues or maybe just fallen out of love with the game but as it turns out it's just that's his objective it can't be easy being having a young family and, no, and not not ever really seeing them maybe once every fortnight or whatever so that, that can't be easy for him so you know you've only got one chance at life you've got to do what's best for you and you know Brad I think he's in Halifax or something he's up north somewhere he's, he's around that sort of area so you know hopefully a good move for him yeah which leads us on nicely to Friday the 30th of June one of my favourite days um, in the world as my man one of my favourite ever players Returns. So we're going to play some music in the background. Tune. I know we probably ought not to be playing this type of music at this time of year, but here goes. <laughs> I can't believe we're playing this. I love it. But it's the tune. If you, if you know the song, you know the tune. So, we're calling this Friday... Mooney Friday. So, so yes. yeah, uh, where are we? What was the date on that one? So the 30th, Friday the 30th, at half past one, the club made Steve's year by announcing Mooney. that David Mooney had signed a two-year contract to return to the club. Yeah. So there we are. Dare I ask your thoughts on that? You can and you'll get them. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Mooney's back, delighted. Um, just what we need, an experienced head, Someone who knows the club uh, and a goal scorer. Yeah, and yeah, very happy to have him back. I think in the National League, if we can get him the service from midfield, I think he'll do fantastically well. So really happy um, yeah. that he's back. Yeah, welcome home, Dave. Um, I mean, he's dropped two leagues to come here. 
I spoke to him a few weeks ago and he said he wanted to come back. It's just a question of whether or not that could actually happen. We just now need players, like you've just said, Steve, really, that can supply him uh, to fire us back into the Football League. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about that jigsaw and fixing that jigsaw for him. For me, if Mooney gets a goal and the first game of the season, away to Sutton, that we'll come on to, if he, if he gets an early goal in that season, gone. It'll get you loads of goals. Yeah. If he gets an early goal... Um, and I'm sure he will because he's only bloody moody. So <laughs> fantastic. So loads of tweets came in uh, on this. We'll mention what we can, but some fantastic tweets. And apologies if we can't mention yours. So firstly, from Matt El Coado, says, I can't wait to see his first audacious chip back in an orange shirt. And he went on to Mooney with loads of donuts as the O's. So thank you to El Coado there for that one. Yeah, at Gibsy ESP said, fantastic news. Signing I had hoped for. Welcome home, Moons. This is turning into a pretty damn good week. Yeah, and at Tolu underscore Sango, says David Mooney to fire us back into the EFL via automatic promotion and the first National League club to win the FA Cup. <laughs> you heard it here first. Wow, that's dream big. Um, so thank you to everybody. There were loads and loads and loads. We, can't, we haven't got the capacity, unfortunately, to do that. So we're going to move on. Dr. Craig Rosenblum announced on Twitter that he has rejoined the Orient. So welcome back, Craig. He's the match day do- one of two match day doctors that we have. So welcome back. Absolutely. Welcome back, Craig. And also, the signings don't stop as around 5pm, the club announced that Charlie Granger has signed a new two-year contract and he will go up against Sam Sargent for the number one spot. So two good young goalkeepers and I'm looking forward to watching Charlie and Sam battle it out for those number one spots. It'll be really interesting battle to see who, who gets the who gets, yeah. spot. So congratulations to Charlie for signing that two-year deal. Yep, uh, we had a tweet on that came in from only at only one team. It said, it just keeps coming. Love it after such a horror period. It just shows you how good or how normal our club can be run if you know what you're doing. What a day. Yeah, fantastic. So day thanks day. for that tweet. Great so tweet, that. Yep, and then that leads on nicely to Saturday, the 1st of July. And at the Supporters Club, it was one big celebration. See what you did there. You like it? Yeah, we're getting used to this podcast (laughs) in Malarkey, aren't we? So, at the Supporters Club, they had a New Era Day party, which went down extremely well. Yeah. There's loads of pictures... Uh, pictures on Facebook and social media. We'll stop that now. Yeah. Um, fantastic day. Thank you to David Dodd and all the hard-working team behind the bar and all the staff who helped open up, run it, make it a success and a really enjoyable time to be drinking in the supporters club. We both enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah, it was a great day. Lo- great to see loads of friendly faces, happy faces yeah, and great relief. Nigel Travis to phone in with a voicemail message. Oh um, yeah, through that Paul fella. Through that Paul guy, yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, and the vibe was just so good down there. And it would be amazing uh, come the first home game of the season to be in that supporters club before the match and after the match because it would just be a tremendous vibe. I remember when they played that message the first time, Nigel commented that he was going to be on the podcast the following day, but we hadn't announced it yet. So I'm not sure how many people picked up, like a few people picked up on it. but All good. So also fantastic. Saturday, 1st of July, another busy day for the club. So busy day for us, as in the morning, we launched our Sammy Moore interview, um, which is still available. That was recorded uh, before the takeover had happened. And if you've not listened to it yet, it is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher. So a shameless plug there. But, you know, I've just finished listening to it myself and Sammy comes across as very, very well. And it's some bizarre 
instances and truths and gives you a real insight into the two years that he had as a club. He's very respectful um, towards Leighton Orient and I found the last 15 minutes especially when he's getting messages from players he played with like Baldry and Cox and Howard Gould um, to be really uplifting and you know brought a smile to my face despite the majority of the interview listening to it in disbelief. Yeah, absolutely. Then at 10 o'clock in the morning the club announced that there was a new signing 28-year-old Joe Widowson joined us from Dagenham Redbridge on a two-year deal. He helped the Daggers to the playoff semi-finals last season. So really just the sort of experience and pedigree that we need. Yeah, so you're uh, happy with that one? Club. Yeah, I am happy with that one. Solid National League signing, good age, good experience, just what we need. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, yeah, agree. He was an ever-present for Dagenham last season. I think yeah. they finished very high, so I'm happy with that. It, it, Presume he'll be first choice left back, but there'll be competition for places there. Yeah, two year deal, uh, good deal for play. He'll be eager to get promoted and out of this league, and he'll know the division uh, and know play strengths and weaknesses from who he's coming up against. So, quite happy with that one. Yeah, he'll also know what it's like to go to a rubbish ground on a Tuesday night in November or December yeah. and what, what it takes. Because, you know, although we've been to a few in League Two, you won't get like. Yeah you get in, in this league and we had a tweet from at down underscore south who said don't know anything about him but a lot of Daggers fans sad to see him go can only be good news for Orient yep and then a busy day got even busier at midday um, it was announced two more appointments Ross Embleton coming in as assistant coach and Danny Webb returning as youth team coach so a few eyebrows raised there as Danny comes back to the club so for me I'm very happy with both of these appointments both experienced coaches Amazing to have Danny back in the youth role and the seeds are being sown by Martin to get the right people into the right positions and obviously we'd like, you know, we'd like to speak to Ross and Danny some point in the future to get them on the podcast yeah. the more the merrier your views on that one Mr. yeah uh, more solid signings uh, for me absolutely fantastic since Ross has left uh, Orient because he's now coming back to us he's gained some really good experience particularly at uh, Swindon um, Danny needs no introduction was part of the academy produced you know the crop of young player help produce the crop of young players that we've yep. that we've got. Um, I'm very pleased with all the signings so far. I've got no neg- I don't see any negatives in any- anybody that signed uh, for us. And I think Martin's worked sterling, done some sterling work to get the right people in yeah. the building, and and that's all you can ask for. Seeds being sown, definitely. correct. Foundations being laid, absolutely. absolutely. So Sunday, second of July, a historic day for us as the Orient Outlook podcast. As we interviewed the new Leighton Orient chairman. Nigel Travis um, so a massive thank you to Nigel for agreeing to come on the podcast all the way from Puerto Rico and thank you to the club for helping us sort that out and again you know if you're not listening to it yet which you probably have but if you haven't you can listen to our Nigel Travis interview on iTunes, SoundCloud TuneIn and Stitcher and it was a great interview you know Nigel spoke very openly and honestly about the takeover what his plans were about his love for the club about his experiences at, at the ground as a supporter um, and I was really impressed a great a great listen and a great interview personally for us I think that was the biggest interview that we'd ever done it was an um, important interview because you know it, it, it's difficult to get you know the guy lives thousands of miles away he's like the CEO of a massive organisation so you know it, it's never easy so the fact that he was I think on holiday and the fact that he gave up the time to speak to us speaks volumes for, for him so you know absolutely delighted with that so then moving on to Monday the 3rd of July, first day of pre-season. So pre-season started uh, up for us. I think a few clubs already been back a few days, but we were the 3rd of July. And no sooner than pre-season starts than the third summer signing is announced at 5 o'clock. Experienced defender midfielder Charlie Lee joined us on a two-year deal 
having been released by Stevenage. Yeah, so you're using that one? Yeah, decent, experienced pro. Um, should be able to push us on, I think, him in the middle of the park um, with a signing that we make later on in the podcast that we will talk about, I think, is, is, is quality. He's yeah. got league experience, is what we want. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, for me, yeah, good signing. He's experienced, he can play centre-back or centre-mid. I think he'll play a centre-mid. Yeah. Got to be happy with that. Potentially that one. Potentially, yeah. Stability again, two-year deal. He's been there, he's done it. You know, he won't have any qualms about going to a small ground on a Tuesday night in the freezing cold in the... Which played at Stevenage. Yeah, in the steam and rain. <laughs> so happy with that one. It could be a pivotal um, player. Again, loads of tweets. We're only mentioning one from this one from at Matty LOFC Evans who says, that is a quality signing. It's a real signal of intent that we mean business in this league. An epic player with a great track record. Only thirty. He's yeah, only thirty, yeah. so he's not that old, really. You no. know, in terms in terms of football. But that's so, what we want: is that sort of age, late twenties, early thirties, to give that yeah. steel and that that experience in the middle of the park. Yep. So Tuesday, the fourth of July, our fourth summer signing is announced. I mean, we're losing sort of breath here, trying to keep up with it all. In January, you know, we couldn't sign anyone for love or money due to Wouldn't. the X regime, and now we can't can't get enough in. So fantastic, absolutely. To see. So, first thing in the morning, 10 o'clock, attacking right back, Jake Caprice joined us, again on a two-year deal. Um, he's got experience in the lower leagues and was in the Crystal Palace Academy. Yeah. So, good pedigree. Very um, good pedigree. Yeah. Another thoughts on that? Yeah, another experienced signing. Uh, good age, good experience at this level. Another two-year deal, so again, stability. Everyone yeah. getting a two-year deal. I like it. I've got yeah. to say, I like it. Good, good early deals of players that Martin's clearly looked at and fit the club and they've got good, the right all, all well experienced these players there's, exactly. a, there's a pattern there all, all well experienced and versed in, in the National League or League 2 yeah I agree with you on all of that so Andy underscore PO16 said sensible signing defender and experience at National League level with about 130 appearances can't argue with Ling's approach so far yeah. which is which is a very good valid point yeah Andy can't argue with that tweet either superb also later in the day it was announced that Tom Parks has signed a two year deal with Carlisle United, so Tom Parks leaves the club only after one season. Yeah, fine. Moving on, yep. Wednesday the 5th of July. National League fixtures are announced at 1 o'clock and we kick off away to Sutton United and that's been chosen, uh, sorry, that's on the 5th of August. It's going to be a 12.30 kickoff because BT Sport, who have the rights for the National League, have decided to make us their game of the day, their lunchtime kickoff. So we are kicking off live on BT Sport on Saturday the 5th of August. And you were happy with an away game to kick off that because you're not around? I've got a wedding, so I'm going to... Well, I'd have gone if it was if I wasn't at the wedding. Of I'd course. Have, I'd have gone, but the fact that I can now watch it on BT Sport... Everyone's a winner. ...on my phone because I've got that free app with my pack, my phone package. So oh, look for, at me, you. for me, that's a win-win. Look at you with your phone package. So <laughs> some key dates. The first home game is Solihull Moors on Tuesday... The 8th of August. That'd bit be a, a bit of an underwhelming one, that one, isn't it? It is, time. but the vibe should be so... It should be such a great vibe down there. I'm sure the crowd will lift it. Um, but Solihull's not that far away, really. It's only been around a bit, so... On the train, so there might have been a few, but I don't know how big the club are. I can't... No idea. Other key dates in Boxing Day, home to Dagenham and Redbridge, 30th of December, Bromley at home. New Year's Day, we make the short trip to Dagenham away. So we've got Dagenham on Boxing Day and the 1st of January. Not yeah, seen that before. Strange, that. Not seen that before. Maybe it's something the National League do more of um, based on there. Got it's, no idea. If they're basing it on geography, I mean, I, either way, that's great because we haven't got far to go and they haven't yeah. got far to go. But if they're basing Christmas fixtures around sort of geography, 
very sensible. They must be. They they could, must the, be. The, the, the football league could learn from that. And last game away to Gateshead, so that could be a pivotal game. Obviously, we're not going to play. You know, we're not going to show anything too majorly revealing no, in terms of be. what we think we're going to do. But it could be that is on the twenty eighth April, at half past twelve. So I mean, to get to Gateshead, you're looking at either an overnight stay somewhere you or an insanely early get up for a twelve thirty kickoff. No, you wouldn't chance it. You'd stay in Newcastle overnight and go out in the town, wouldn't you? Interestingly, most of our Tuesday night games are at home with the exception of two, Tranmere and Bromley. So Bromley away on a Tuesday night is easy to get to. Yeah. Um, Tranmere is just a kicker. That's the only thing. Yeah. But it shouldn't be too hard uh, to get to. I think the fixture list has been quite quite kind to us. Yeah, I would have preferred to have started, at least had either one home game, either at the start or the end of the season, but there we go. Yeah, so moving on into Thursday, the 6th of July, Gavin Massey signs for Wigan Athletic on a two-year deal following the activation of his relegation release clause. And he put out the following message to Orient fans. I thought this was quite a nice message. So I we'll do as well, yeah. out. He said, I would like to say thank you for Leighton Orient for giving me the opportunity to play for such a great club. Last season was not good for everyone associated at the club, and it's great to see that it's back going in the right direction. Thank you to the fans as well for making me feel right at home and the continued support. I have nothing but respect for you all and wishing you all the best for the future. So obviously a shame to see Gavin Massey go. I think we're all resigned to the fact that based on some of his goals from last season and some of his performances, there's no way we were ever going to keep him uh, in the National League. A shame he had that relegation release clause, though, because it would be nice to get a bit of money for him but a great move for him going to Wigan. Uh, big club. Big club in League One. Big club. Should be looking to come straight back up and yeah. we'll obviously keep, a, keep an eye out uh, for Gavin in the future, see what he does in the rest of his career. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed Kent Teague on Thursday the 6th of July as well and he was absolutely fantastic. And we're, sure that we're sh- pretty sure that most of you already listened to it by now, but if you haven't, again, it's on iTunes and SoundCloud and also uh, TuneIn and Stitcher. So check it out if you haven't already. It's possibly one of the most uplifting interviews we've ever we've ever done, not to say yeah. that the others haven't been good at all. This was just a very different, enthusiastic new person to, to the club and it was fantastic to hear what he had to well, say yeah when we spoke to him he was in Australia he'd got he put on a headset especially to get a maximum volume and maximum sound quality so massive thank you for the effort to, to yeah. Kent for coming on he's brilliant and that was obviously Kent at the beginning of the podcast um, with his messages for the Orient fans that's it so Friday 7th of July it came out that Callum Kennedy has resigned for AFC Wimbledon so Fair Callum play. goes up two yeah. divisions and we wish Callum all the best after his one season at the club and it was a bit of a quiet weekend really thankfully um, but on Monday the 10th of July um, at 4pm it's announced that ex-crew manager Steve Davis is announced as the club's new head coach and he's also signed on a two year deal you see the theme so your views on Steve Davis? Yeah, despite the fairly mixed response from fellow fans, for me, I'm, I'm happy with this appointment. I'm sure there are a lot of applicants to choose from. Um, I think with Steve, he ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. Um, he's got the experience, he's got the, you know, the, the, the youth side of things, he's got promotion on his CV, he's been to cup finals. I think that I think it's an excellent appointment and I trust Martin and I'll give Steve, Ross and all the other coaches time to build uh, and, and deliver. Like it for Basically, me, for yeah. You. On paper, a very decent appointment. He's worked under a director of football before at Crew, having worked under Dario Gradi. Uh, he's won a promotion at League Two, which is great for him, and he's yeah. won the JPT Trophy. So he's won a cup final. Um, so all in all, someone who can work in the new system uh, and has experience of working in the national league. So 
a great move for him. Uh, he also said in his interview with Charlie, he was excited about working with the younger players, so, which is what he done at Crew and he worked with Nick Powell and a few players who've gone on to bigger and better things. So very exciting to hear, and I'm sure he'll be, he'll do very well at the club. Yep. Absolutely. So those were our views. Now, just before we came on air, we spoke to Archon uh, London reporter, uh, George Sessions, who's just returned from being married, getting married rather, and being on his honeymoon. So uh, this is what George had to say, because George has actually met and spoken to, to Steve. So we got George's thoughts on Steve and also, while he was away, catching up on everything that's happened at the club. So here's what George had to say. So George, welcome back to On Outlook Podcast. I think since you were last on, so much has happened that we could be here for hours, but we're only going to keep you for a very short while. So first things first, on uh, Monday, Steve Davis was appointed and you spoke to him. So what are your impressions of um, Steve? Yeah, good, really good first impression, to be honest. Um, I tried to, yeah, so was it Monday he was appointed and then sort of the following day we had the press conference. I tried to try and speak to as many people as I could really that would have, you know, even sort of knew him a little bit or or maybe um, just sort of you know had followed his career and pretty much all everything I got back was was pretty good you know obviously with anybody it wasn't all positive but you know I'd say a good sort of 85% of stuff that come out positive was positive and, um, and then when I met him I just felt a real sense that you know he seemed someone that just looked so comfortable in the job um, you know that's, that's nothing sort of against the other previous managers but you can just tell that he's experienced and he knows he knows what he's doing. He just just seemed very assured and um, I think you know, the sort of way he spoke at the press conference was was really good as well. Um, you know, he, he's not he knows he knows there isn't any magic wand and he knows it's going to be very hard. But at the same time, I think it you know it just it just fits really well for both you know him and Orion really. And obviously, his reputation with with youth is, is well known and as a Everyone sort of, you know, spoke about his work under director of football before, but um, I think it's just it's just one of those where it just looks like a really good fit, and I don't really think Orient probably could have got anyone better. Um, when you when you think about the fact that Martin Ling's there as director of football, you're never going to get a really really experienced manager. Sort of, you know, I don't know if it sort of chucked around John Steele's name, but you know, with the director of football, Orient that would never have happened. So to get someone like Steve, you know, who is very very experienced. games in that league and everybody's going to come to Orient probably thinking it's a bit of their cup you know a bit of a cup final game for them so managing that side of things is also probably something he's going to have to to deal with quite firmly yeah and he, he said that straight away actually I, I sort of asked him you know about Brisbane Road and said it is you know it's a, bris- a brilliant facility um to sort of have as your home stadium and he was like he is but at the same time you've got to think you know Every you know, the other twenty-three teams in the national league are going to really come in there, and I think Orient have you know I think Orient actually struggled with that in League League Two. So 
it's going to be even harder in National League, really, because um, you know, every team, maybe bar Tranmere and one or two others, you know, will come to Brisbane Road and it will be the best stadium they've probably ever played at. So not all of them, but you know, a large majority. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And all, all in, you know, the home form has been poor. What you know, the home form has been poor ever since I've been covering the club, and you know, it must go back to the, the playoff season when it was last actually really good. And, you know, Orient's probably won most of their games at home in that season, but I reckon probably look back all the other seasons and they've probably done better away than at home. So that's that's one of the biggest challenges he's going to face really to, to change, you know, how they do at home. But I think you know, it's, it's a no-brainer really, but no Bicchetti is going to help, obviously. There's going to, the atmosphere at Bridget Road is going to be different to what it has been for the last three years and that's obviously going to help the players. And, um, I think that's going to be a big challenge for him, but I think he'll be able to do it and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he gets on. Actually, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. it's going to be good to work with a manager and, and know yeah, this guy's probably not going to be back in two months. So that's going to be a positive. That's brilliant. And you mentioned the players, obviously, and a lot, a lot of changes, a lot of outs, and a lot of ins. And obviously, David Mooney's returned. Charlie Lee's at the club. Um, Widowson's in. Lawless, Caprice, Lawless. Lots of lots of changes. So what are your impressions of, of the players who are coming in? Yeah, I think um, so. What is it? Six six players now with the. Um, with the guys today, um, Scales, and I think all of them seem like decent players, really. Um, I never got the chance to watch David Mooney at, at Orient, but you know, I've heard so many good things about him, and talking to um, to Ross Embleton as well, who, who seems a really nice guy, um, you know, he, was, he was really sort of singing the praises of, of Mooney and, and Charlie Lee from that first week, and just sort of saying how, how great they were, really, really kids, and you know, that's, that's going to be so important this season, and to have mentioned about the fullbacks, you know, Woodison, you know, very solid and reliable player in the National League, you know, Orient probably, you know, considering it, I don't expect them to be anywhere near the title, or, you know, I think they probably could have got a better, a better left back there, and, and Caprice, by all accounts, is very talented, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, um, you know, especially with Davis, you know, by the sound of it, Caprice is very good going forward, and not exactly suspects, you know, sort of in defence, but, you know, it's a modern day fullback so to speak so it'll be interest, interesting to see how he gets on with Davis and um, yeah, yeah, the latest ones um, Alex Lawless you know, looks like a very good player as well and Yeovil fans quite disappointed for him to uh, not be offered a new deal at the end of the season so it looks like you know, so far so good but you know you still look at I wrote down the um, sort of an Orient starting team for Saturday's game and it's just it's so you know the, the actual starting team isn't even that bad but Strength and depth is, is definitely needed. So I think, you know, Steve Davis mentioned you know six or seven signings at the press conference. He's got one of them. You know, I'd say at least six more needed, and probably all over the pitch as well. Really, I'd say. Yeah, strikers, centre backs, uh, absolutely. George, the the league isn't uh, an easy league. It's an unforgiving league, and people think we're just going to bounce. Or some people think we're going to bounce straight back. We spoke to Nigel Travis, and he was quite, quite keen to point out the fact that they don't necessarily expect to bounce back straight away. Do you think that the club has got the potential to do that? Not really. Um, I'll be honest. I think I remember talking to um, well, I'm talking to my my Dagenham colleague last year, Ned, about how that first season is really crucial and. It's, normally your best chance of bouncing back but I think given everything that's gone on at Orient they really you know, I, think, I think the people at the club know that next season isn't really a year to get promoted they know it's all about stability 
you know, getting a whole number of years experience for these youngsters and for these experienced players to really settle in. Um, and then I think they probably view, you know, the next season, so what's that, 2018, 19, as, as the real season where they'd push. Um, now, that's not to say that Orient, you know, might have an outside chance, you know, especially with the changes to the playoffs. I mean, you've got seven teams now in the playoffs. So I think, you know, you know I, I don't think Orient will get in the playoffs, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they made, you know, six, seven good signings between now and the start of the season and, and then somehow snuck in because, as I've mentioned in Steve Davis, they've got a very good manager and, and the players they've brought in are, uh, are very good players. But personally, I do think this is going to be a year where we're probably going to see inconsistencies. You know, you're going to have, you know, it seems very likely that you're going to have a young goalkeeper, either Sam or, or Charlie and Garwin. I think they're both extremely talented, but let's, let's not forget that, you know, they're 19 and 20, so they're, they're going to be making mistakes. And also, you're going, you're going to have a couple of youngsters probably in the starting team as well, and, and those guys are going to make mistakes. And so are the senior players as well, because, you know, the human beings, everyone does make mistakes. I think this is going to really be a year about sort of stability, Get everyone getting to know each other, sort of everyone being a little bit more wiser about the league. Because you know, for a lot of these players, you know, some of the, some of the guys that have come in and sort of played in the national league, but you know, a decent chunk wouldn't have. So they're they're going to be learning all the time. So for me, this is um, this is definitely a season of stability, and, and then next year would be the one. Although you know, when I did speak to Nigel, he, he kind of he didn't say it was a three-year plan, so to speak, but he did sort of mention how you know Vorin. You know, if it takes them three years to get out of the National League, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, they, they believe they're going to get out of the National League, and, and so do I, but you know, it's definitely not going to happen um, overnight. And I don't view it happening this season personally, but um, I'd love to be wrong. But I think, um, I think this year's going to be very tough, and I think most fans probably know that you're, you're always going to get some that you know, are dreaming that they're going to, going to sort of you know, win five games in a row again and absolutely smash the league. but it's a very difficult league and, and you don't just look at the top team, you don't just look at the sort of like the tram and being in there and, and Dagenham as well and a few others, you've got to go right down to the bottom and you know, go to sort of somewhere like guys you know, on, a, on a Tuesday night and I know it's a cliche but it's going to be incredibly difficult with those sort of games so it's going to be a big challenge for in this season. So, so that was George Sessions, uh, really thorough insight really there and, and sharing a lot of the knowledge that that George has gained uh, from speaking to, to to those in charge. So George, thank you so much for for giving us that and sharing that with us. I really, really appreciated. So you've heard our thoughts. You've heard George's thoughts. It's now time to hear from fellow fans. <laughs> so done. see that segue making making ways in. So first tweet that we uh, we have for you. We've got a few to read out here. At Mossy LJ said probably the best of all the names that were rumored. Looking forward to getting a few more signings in before the Harlow game. Yeah, at Len M Four. This probably wouldn't have been my first choice. But beats an Italian that doesn't speak English. <laughs> At PIJ Meister said, Pleased, good with youth, did great with crew on limited budget and squad. They've not done brilliantly since he left. Good point there, good point. At Speno011 says, Davis was successful with the crew setup, which our model seems to mirror. So I think he will fit in well and be a success given time. Yeah, Joe underscore Pavitt said, Don't know a thing about him, but I know Martin appointed him. With his best intentions, so he gets my vote of confidence. Yeah, F. Sano's fan says the most sensible managerial appointment since Russell Slade. Welcome to the O's. 
Lovely. At mid-table obscure. Happy with the appointment. Better than some of the names which were flying about. At Boatsy says a great appointment. Has worked wonders with youngsters and has football league experience. Hopefully a manager for at least a season. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Ben. At Orient Meat Pie. Would have liked Gary Hill, but suspect Davis will be very good in our setup. Please, we didn't go backwards hiring an XO's manager. Yeah. At Bazaar 73 says a solid appointment. Knows this level. Works well with youth. Surprised at some O's fans' comments, not sure who they were expecting. Wenger, question mark. So, yeah, yeah good point there, well made. Yep, at Dear Stu, what amazes me is some fans being disappointed by the appointment. We are non-league, one of the best options available, surely. Yeah, good points there. At Gorillas1985, says, work well with youngsters and has non-league experience. We'll have a few contacts in the non-league for the best players. Roll on the 5th of August. Good point there about having non-league contacts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Gorillas1985, actually, just before I read that tweet, he did say in the post-match press conference that a lot of his contacts are in the north. Fine. Um, but still, nonetheless, if you've yeah. got someone decent up there that we can bring down... Well, if Martin's all in the south and Steve's all in the north, then you've got the country covered, covered so it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gorillas1985 tweeted in saying, work well with youngsters and has non-league experience. We'll have a few... Um, Done that one. Sorry, you've done that one. Beg your pardon. At James O'Hagan said, experience at lower level management and proven ability to be in a job for the long haul. Optimism is growing by the day. Yeah, at John underscore Badham one says, I would have given it to Omarisa. Let's see how it goes pre-season. Okay, Bendy Bollard tweeted in saying, couldn't see an experienced football league boss work under Ling. So a bit shocked. Good appointment for so many reasons. Hope all those fans stay behind him. Yeah, and at Willow Gaffer says an experience to work with Ling and potentially develop Emberton and Webb. He's also used to developing younger players and has been successful. So those were all the tweets that we received. Sorry if we haven't had the chance to read out yours, but we are also on Facebook and had some decent comments come through on Facebook. So I'll mention a few. Firstly, from at Barry Simmons, who says, great appointment. Now let's move on signing the right players while bringing on the youngsters. Together, we will rise. Yeah, Leon Oresti messaged us saying, great on paper, experience, which is what we wanted, and must be great working with the youth after so long at crew. Yeah, and Clive Somerville says, at last, a manager with all the experience we need. I'm looking forward to the start of the season and who he decides to bring in. Roll on, August the 5th. So again, thank you for every uh, bit of um, social media we got so at Twitter uh, at Orient Outlook on Facebook just search uh, Orient Outlook Podcast and we're on Instagram as well all of these yeah, ways that you can get in contact with us yeah, and we, obviously via email at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com and our Instagram address is Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast yep. if you want to search us out there we are very very contactable Tuesday the <laughs> 11th of July so that's two days ago at 10 o'clock the summer signings keep coming. The fifth one is announced as 32-year-old Alex Lawless signed a two-year deal. He plays as a central midfielder and brings with him an, a wealth of experience and has had promotion out of the National League with Luton in 2013-14. And as George mentioned earlier, he was in uh, he was at Yeovil last year. And for me, I think it's a superb signing for us. Just the type of player we need. Experience, slightly older pro, got promotion on his CV, Good pedigree. For me, I think that's a tremendous sign. Yeah. Pay. A real show of intent. Agree with you there. That's a good centre central midfield. Him and uh, Charlie Lee. Good yeah. experienced battlers in there. Um, and very happy with that. Two-year deal against stability. Strong spine to the team. Uh, good to see through social media. A lot of Luton fans and Yeovil fans saying he's a very good player. Um, and a few expressing Yeovil fans 
their disappointment that he hasn't been given a new deal there. And obviously yeah. that's a league above where we are. So yeah. very happy with that. On Wednesday, the 12th of July, uh, we had our first pre-season fixture as we faced a young Tottenham Hotspur uh, team at Hotspur Way, losing 4-0 with the Spurs goals coming from Kyle Walker-Peters, who I'd had heard of actually, so he's yeah. doing all right. The next one I'm not going to be able to say probably. Go on. George, it's George, Kevin and Kodu. Yep, nicely said. Uh, thirdly, at Jaden Brown and at Will Miller. So Tottenham Hotspur actually put the goals up on their website. Um, decent goals. Decent goals, especially the second one. Um, the, f- the fourth one, I thought the guy's just run straight through. He's given a one give and go and he's gone and no one's tracked him. Some skillful young players there, but a yeah, great yeah, friendly yeah. to have against a, a, a decent young Tottenham team who obviously had uh, Vaughan in goal for Tottenham. Oh, so they, they had a few experienced heads in there. Okay. But you know, if Martin can rebuild the relationship with Tottenham Hotspur, and he spoke a bit about that in his interview about getting relationships with, well, he worked there, with other they? clubs, yeah, it'd be he's great if we you. could get a few of those players yeah. on loan, but you never know. So um, we had a different team in the first half to the second half. So in the first half, we had Granger, Caprice, Clark, Charlist A. We also had Woodleson, Oching, Lee, Karoma, Ozarte, Abrahams and Mooney and went in 2-0 down from the first <coughs> half. And in the second half, Sam Sargent started in goal. McLean, Pollock, Hat, Judd with Lawless, Barker, Alderson, Trialist B, Trialist C and Trialist D. Very popular name, Trialist. Seems to be. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> this, that hospital at the time was obviously giving those out. Yeah. Um, Thursday the 13th of July. So today, as we record, it's our third birthday. So happy birthday to us. Right, happy birthday, Paul. Happy birthday to you. Uh, three years ago at this time, we were recording our first episode, episode number one. Uh, and now 107 podcasts later on 108. You can actually listen to episode one, which was 32 minutes long, because when we used to record it on a garage band on the iPad, that's the most. That's the longest we could go for. So that was that's that reason true, why yeah. it was 32 minutes. So... Three years ago, how much has changed and how much we've accomplished in that three years is amazing. And now we're, and now we're pushing an hour. I know. Let's get on. So, 3pm, it is announced that 20-year-old left-back Christian Scouse has joined us on a two-year deal having left Whitehawk. Yeah, not experienced. He hasn't got that sort of league experience that perhaps you know we'd like, but nonetheless, he's got a very good pedigree. And another one from the Crystal Palace uh, Academy, which, who was it earlier? That we mentioned, one of the one of the other signings came via yep. through the Palace Youth Academy as well. So again, all part of Martin and and Steve's master plan. So have absolute faith. It's a it's a, you know it's one of those that could turn out to be an absolutely tremendous signing. You yep. don't stay in a, a, a Premier League academy for that long if you're no good. Yeah, decent signing. Some experience at this level, like you said, at the Palace Academy provides competition for places. So two good young exactly. left backs now. A yep. good move. Got a few tweets. Um, so us we'll just mention um, one of them at Ian Manet Manet and John who says he's young and obviously has talent you're not in a Premier League academy by luck definitely worth a punt and hope he develops and we end up with two good left backs so again just a massive thank you to all the tweets we've received over the last two and a half weeks it's been fantastic as well as the emails and messages on Facebook uh, and Instagram so let's round it up then so we'll go to yep. positives and negatives of the last two and a half weeks so we don't have any negatives because we're just in a great place at the moment. So let's take a positive at the time. Then. Lovely. So we've got new owners. I think it's the first biggest positive. Yeah. Secondly, is those owners love engagement. So you've probably well, you've probably heard our Nigel interviews, our Kent interviews. Kent is over in the UK at the moment, meeting lots of supporters and lots of different groups. You can probably contact him through Twitter. He's very keen to engage with as many fans as possible. Obviously, we've had Matt Porter back on the podcast, which is great because he's back on the board and. 
a great time. It's everyone feels like they've put it in together. Yeah, uh, as part of the new the new direction of Leighton Orient. New management and coaching team are now in place. Yeah, and the first team is starting to take shape. So I've spoken about loads of signings, and hopefully by the time we come to our next podcast, there'll be there'll be a few more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, the positivity amongst supporters. Yeah, everyone yeah, very still positive. there, galvanised. It's fantastic. Great time to be an Orient fan. Yep. So moving on to the hero of the last two and a half weeks. It's basically everyone at the club. So it's Nigel, uh, it's Kent, it's Martin, uh, it's Marshall, it's Charlie, it's Lindsay, it's Howard, it's Steve, it's Matt, and basically everyone associated with the club. So massive kudos to everyone um, since the takeover, which was three weeks ago today, which feels like a lifetime ago. It does, it feels so much has happened since then. So there's some dates to remember for the upcoming week. This Saturday, we travel away to Harlow. There's a three o'clock kickoff from what we understand. There's going to be a lot of people there. I'm going to be getting down there. So if you see me, come say hello. Yeah, if you see the bearded legend, get on him. So also, They won't be interested in me because someone else is going to be there as well. Yeah, I'm going Ke- to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kent's going to be there as well, I think. Yeah, so make sure you say hello to him if you see him down there. So Sunday, the 16th of July... Kent Teague, Martin Ling, Ross Embleton, Howard Gord, Theo and a couple of players will be alongside the Trust at the Walthamstow Garden Party in Lloyd Park. So that's this Sunday. I think it starts at 2. So that's well worth a visit if you can make it down there. Yeah, a couple of other dates for your diary. Tuesday the 18th of July, we're away at Burnham Ramblers. And on Saturday the 22nd of July, we are taking a team to Gary Alexander and John Mackey's Greenwich Borough. That is at their ground. Yep, brilliant. So that's it. So that's it. Thanks for joining us for episode 108. We hope you've enjoyed the pod as the good news continues for our club. We've seen the coaching staff completely revamped and lots of new faces brought in with a few old ones returning. On the playing side, the squad is being added to and experienced heads coming in and Nigel Kent and the board keep making the right impressions on the club and things are looking so much better than what they previously were. And we have our club back. Absolutely. And we have positive podcasts back. Yeah. If you are, yeah, there was be the first time in three years since we've been doing it, really. Yeah. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. It'd be really appreciated. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. If you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like our podcast, grab their phone or lend, lend them yours. Download it and let them have a listen. Yeah, keep up the tweets and keep up the emails and keep up Facebook and us and everything. It's amazing uh, that we're getting so much kind of engagement yeah. from everyone. So keep on coming with that. And we'll be back. Yeah, sorry, just before you said, there's going to be obviously a lot more signings coming. So keep an eye out on our social media. We will obviously the club social media as well. Charlie's been doing a tremendous job. Yeah, well done, man. yeah I have to say the interviews have been fantastic as well. It's good to, to see the, the, the video and there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So well done to Charlie and thanks for, for all your help with everything. Yep, so we'll be back with episode 109 later in the month with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.